0: And welcome to episode 12 of the Daily MTG Podcast. I'm your host, Trickjeer, here with my co-host, Jennifer Tifa Mayan, and uh, we changed things up a little bit. My new co-host, Gavin Verhey. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's so great to be here. Glad to be back on the air after my brief stint in the early episode. Yes, you were our first guest. That's right. Yeah. Indeed. now you're here to stay. Now we can't get rid of you. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about some of the great stuff we have on the docket for the future of magic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm you uh, you just got back
0: into town. Well, when they're listening to this it would've been like a week since you got back into town, but you were
1: actually at PAX East. Yeah, absolutely. PAX East was incredible. I mean, I love conventions and PAX East is no exception. It was actually my first time there, and it was great to just see all the love for magic come out from everybody. I mean, everyone was around, they're wearing their like Chandra goggles around their necks and, you know, tons of magic being played in the halls. So, it was fantastic. It was a great convention. Uh, I heard
2: the booth was amazing.
1: Oh, uh, the booth was awesome. It had this huge screen as you walked up. You walked kind of right past it, and there were all, the you know, videos playing. There was uh, someone dressed as Chandra hanging out there you could get your picture taken with. And there was, you know, Duels, uh, uh, the Planeswalkers 2014 being demos. So you could go and try that out. And, of course, there were also, like, Chandra pins being given away, too, so you could get a little pin yeah. with Chandra on it. Literally not look around in the convention without seeing somebody representing Magic in some way, which was really great to see.
0: Yeah. I heard we took it over, which was really awesome.
1: Today, PAX, next year, the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might be a little bit a little quick, but All we'll right, get thanks. Two years, the world. Two years, the world. Like you said, Magic 2014, Duels of the Planeswalkers, you know, the the new video game that we're doing, it's super awesome. I'm really excited to talk more about it. We can't talk about it yet, but people got to start playing demos of it, got to start seeing how what the changes we made in some of the new cards.
1: It was great to see people just walking by, trying out Magic. Maybe they had just got the sample decks in their bags, and we wanted to go see what the big hubbub was all about. They were coming by, trying it out on iPad. It's available on Android now, too. So a lot of hot discussion about Magic, and people I talked to were really excited about the booth and what was going on there. And. The game looks incredible. It looks just like everything you loved from last year's version, plus a lot of great new stuff.
0: Yep. I'm really excited uh, having an Android tablet. I can't wait to play Duels on it. Uh, it's coming out this summer. We have not announced an official release date, but be excited. It's coming, and it's awesome. Uh, the other thing that really happened at PAX East was the MOX, the Magic Online Championship Series, the, the finale, the grand final tournament where 16 people enter and one person leaves.
1: Right, And it's really a great story, too, because you have all these online personalities who don't play a ton of paper magic coming together out from behind their computer screens to all hang out, meet each other. It's kind of a great community event, and they're all playing on Magic Online, but you can come around and, and watch them. And, they're you know, in between rounds, are going up, up to talk and, you know, having a great experience doing so. And it was really great to talk to some of these players who come from all over the world. Some of them as young as 15 years old playing, right. playing in the event. Wow. Yeah, just to see their commitment to the game and, you know, how, how playing online brought them into play for a lot of money in this huge professional tournament, which was yeah. really cool.
0: Yeah. And we live-streamed it, which was really cool. We had Marshall and, and Rich Hagon and them, uh, in the booth covering... The Mox, uh, Mox tournament online. So, people, if you haven't, if you missed watching it, you can check it out in the archives on Daily MTG or on our Twitch archives or even on our YouTube channel and uh, see, you know, how Butikov won with his junk animator in the finals.
1: Right. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about what's the deck to play in standard. I want to play in my Friday Night Magic tournament. What should I play? There's a Grand Prix coming up. What should I play? These are 16 of the best minds on Magic Online coming together to play in this event. You can do a lot of learning from their deck list, and plus, if you don't want to take a look at standard, maybe standard's not for you. They drafted cube, they played some gate crash sealed, so there's a lot of really cool stuff up there you can look at, and kind of learn from. Even if you just want to go, you know, beat up your friends in a local, local cube draft, there's something there for you to do. Right.
0: One of the other news points to come out of Pax East was from our panel, and I know this is a point near and dear to your heart, Tifa. Yes, been, very much so. The next block has been announced.
2: Yeah, Theros. Uh, I'm very, very excited for Theros because I was more involved with this block than any other magic set um, to date. Not only did I do brand management work on it, but I also had a little bit of hand in the creative, uh, which was a lot of fun um, and yeah. a great experience.
0: So we announced Theros is the fall set, and then we went ahead and just said, you know what, let's give them the, the spring and summer set. So it's going to be fall, and fall is going to be Theros, then we have Born of the Gods coming out in spring, then we have Journey into Nix coming out in the summer of 2014.
2: Yeah, and I recommend uh, if you haven't seen it yet to go check out the art piece that we gave you.
1: Yeah, that's, that piece looks awesome. Oh, it's gorgeous. And you guys are gonna like you guys are gonna like the set, I think. Down and already we have put a lot of work into making Theros an exciting block, and you guys will enjoy it quite a bit when it comes out, I predict. Yep. You know what else I want to talk about?
0: I'm excited about Theros, but really we've said what we can say. The thing that's going on right now. On the day of release, is we've just opened the polls up for you. Make the
1: card. What color should we make the card? So why don't we recap what we've got so far? So we have an enchantment. We've got an enchantment. That is what we have. That's what we have. We had the big runoff poll, right? It right. Came together, and there was tons of voting, and finally we ended up land or enchantment. We voted on those two things, and it boiled down to we're going to have an enchantment. Right. And now we're going to decide the color.
0: Yep. So we're gonna. We've given you guys the options. Monocolored, white, blue, black, red, or green. We did this one where you had a full week knowing what the poll going to be, so the community could discuss it, so you could talk about it, so you could write about it. And now today, the polls have opened, and you need to go vote. The time is now. Don't delay. Go vote for your color.
1: Not to uh, not to make a pun here, but really, you make the card, oh. so no. you should uh, go vote if you want your voice to be heard. That's
0: right. Uh, there's good cases I've seen for each color. You know, white. People, people, I, I really enjoyed seeing people list what they consider the good enchantments of each <laughs> color are. And there's so much debate, like, you know, Rosewater made his, uh, his comic about, you know, how red is the only color that ha- hasn't had an enchantment that has been banned in any format. Hmm. And so that raised a whole bunch of discussion about, people thought he was, he was being harsh on red when really he's just pointing out a factual event. And, Red has plenty of awesome enchantments. Like you got sneak
1: attack. Yeah.
2: Madcap skills right Madcap now. Skills <laughs> That's first loaded. pickable. Like yes. that card's good.
1: Right. Sneak attack, you got Sephora Vortex. Right. Like, yeah. Even Vortex. Blood Moon can be a complete beating in the right decks. Red has a storied history of cards that are really strong. They just haven't been banned yet, you know. Right. But that actually means we, we did them correctly. That's right. <laughs> down in R and D. So like we were saying with red, I mean, you know, it's got some really good enchantments, but other colors do too. I mean, uh, there's been plenty of non band enchantments from other colors. The big question on my mind in this room right now is what all of us are going to be voting on. Trick, which color are you backing?
0: As the official official vote counter, I abstain from voting. <laughs> uh, if I were to vote, I would probably vote red. Actually, just because I want another enchantment to go on Kiki-Jiki, my, my commander mm-hmm. deck. But officially, I'm not casting my vote. How about you,
1: Tifa? Which uh which color can you go behind?
2: I think that I'd pick blue, um, based on really liking blue enchantments the last year or so. I remember in M thirteen some of my favorite cards were blue enchantments. Um, like things that that do tricks, right? Like uh combat tricks like making it unblockable or having it tap things, like different enchantments like that are pretty cool and I've been enjoying them lately, so that would be my vote. Mm.
1: I think I'm probably going to end up going. I'm still kind of waffling my head a little bit because there's so many great enchantments that I like. But I think I'm leaning a little toward black right now. Black has a storied history of like great tech tension mechanics with its enchantments. You have, like, Necropotence all the way back, you know, trying to figure out how much should I do for this, and as a competitive player, I really enjoy that kind of thing, but I love blue enchantments, I love being down with green, I love red's wackiness, so right. we'll kind of have to, I guess, wait and see. I know what these guys have said they're voting for, you heard my thoughts, now it's your turn. Get out and vote.
2: Well, when you say black, I can't help but think of stab wound.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, stab wound. <laughs> right again, it's like a really tension-heavy card. It's like, ah, right. oh, I'll put this on the thing, do I block, or do I attack, what do I what do I do with this and I I love cards like that just as a competitive player because it's like ah like how can I maximize this and and how can I make my opponent squirm in their seat a little bit as I cast it as they try and make this difficult decision so there's a lot of great potential Choices there, And we don't know if it's going to be a global enchantment or an enchant creature yet, either. That's true. So it could go either way. It could end up like a stab wound-style card. It could end up like a global enchantment-style card. So there's still a lot up in the air here of how this card is going to work. I I
0: think it's interesting. A lot of the discussions were around it being a a non-aura enchantment, when in fact there's a good chance it could end up being an aura enchantment. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, the other thing that came out of PAX that I'm really excited about is the upcoming pre-release. Dragon's Maze has me, you're super excited. Like I, I love the pre-release activities. I loved what we did with Return to Ravnica. and loved what we did with Gate Crash. We're changing things up slightly for Dragon's Maze, and so we've been talking about that, going over what's different, uh, what the activity is going to be, starting getting you all like prepared and excited for uh, the Implicit Maze.
2: For the first time ever, you're getting four packs from the set at the
0: pre-release. That's right, four Dragon's Maze packs, one Return to Ravnica Guild pre-release pack, and one Gate Crash
1: pre-release Guild pack.
2: So it's really, really exciting.
1: Yes. Yeah, and you'll choose your guild, and then you'll get a secret ally of one of the colors that matches that guild. So, for example, if you choose Orzov, you could end up with Selesnia or Boros, but you wouldn't end up with Simic, for example. So it leads right. for a three-color deck you can
0: play. Yep. And uh, you're going to have a guild pre-release pack the same way that you had Return to Ravnica and Gatecrash, where it'll have these packs, like you said, that guide you towards these colors. But let me tell you, having all ten guilds to build from can be overload if you're not prepared for it. So you need to think about this and and go into it with a plan of, okay, I'm going to pick this guild and build these three colors.
2: And your lands are incredibly important.
1: Yes. Well, and the great thing about having the guild packs, too, is they can guide you in that direction. If you you don't want to think about it too much and you end up with Orzhov and Boros, great. You just build your white, black, red deck. Mm -hmm. But... Also, if you're like, well, I want to do something crazy to get a little more off the beaten path, you still have a huge smattering of great cards in all those colors. You would go in an entirely different direction depending on what your Dragon's Maze boosters give you. And there are a lot of crazy cards in Dragon's Maze, especially for limited. So you'll want to go through and maybe open up a great bomb in a certain yeah. color. You just go in on it.
0: Lead developer Zach Hill always
1: guarantees an interesting and fun competitive environment. Absolutely. And you know his last lead was M13, Magic 2013, which a lot of players thought was one of the best draft formats it was a long time. I mean, yeah. it, Innistrad, there was like, okay, Innistrad is maybe still better than it. But for a core set, especially, it just blew everyone's socks off. Yeah. And Zach did another marvelous job on Dragon's Base. I think you guys will really like it. And whole block is just crazy. You have been all the guilds running around together.
2: I'm, that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for drafting the three guilds together, or the, sorry, the three sets together. Um, like, that is going to be awesome. Like, yeah. I can build Simic and Selesnya, you know, all these different chocolate. Peanut butter combinations <laughs> that we haven't been able to try Apple, yet.
1: Strawberry or whatever. you're Yeah. Right? The great thing about this compared to last round because I love the original Ravnica draft format. Don't get me wrong, but the way that it was structured, you opened up your first pack and you had four guilds to choose from, and then three in the second, three in the third. So you could get cut off in certain ways, or there were terrible things that could happen. For example, if you went Silesia in the first pack, it really messed you up in the second two packs because of how the guilds were laid out. Right. But this time you end up open up with all ten guilds in the first pack, so you can kind of settle into the, your combination, and then in packs two and three you know what you're looking for and there's five in each so you should always basically have some, something to go into which is right. really great and the format yeah. is so dynamic and, and interesting because of that.
0: One of the things we gave the players in a glimpse of at the panel were the Maze Runners and we showed all ten of the Maze Runners including revealing Rurik Thar the Unbowed, the cruel Maze Runner. So he is four colorless red green he's a legendary creature ogre warrior and this dude is ugly he's got two ugly heads so he's double ugly.
1: And the great part about those heads is, in storyline terms, they're two separate brains. so They talk to each other. <laughs> so I think there's a, you know, a couple times where they're both talking to each other and like arguing over what to do. It's, it's pretty funny. Oh, awesome! That's
2: funny. Uh,
0: so he has vigilance and reach. Rurik Thar the Unbowed attacks each turn if able, and his final ability. This is the kicker. Whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, Rurik Thar deals six damage to that player. Wow. And he's a six six. To and he's
1: a six six for six. Wow, that guy... That guy's awesome. Yeah, this guy's a huge beating. Like, down in R&D, we were trying to find some great cards that could be good against the spell-heavy control decks a lot of people were playing, and if your opponent wants to sit back and mess around with Fire Seeks and Sphinx's Revelations, how about you take six for your trouble? Right. Even if you, like, Supreme Verdict this guy away, they're still taking six from casting him. And if they can't, they have to deal with a six-six guy that gets in every turn. It's got Reach, so it can block Restoration Angels. It's got Vigilance, so it can stay untapped when it attacks. This guy is just so well-positioned, and you can play him pretty quickly with all all the uh, you know like Arbor Elf and Absence Pilgrims in the format, so he can be a very strong standard card.
2: That's awesome, and makes me really excited to see what the other <laughs> Maze Runners are gonna do. All the art is incredible. I was yeah. really impressed with the different art.
0: Absolutely, and we even uh, got to see some real life art with Christine Sprinkle doing a, a Tasic cosplay.
2: Yeah, and that's that might actually be my favorite art of the Maze Runners. It's really awesome. It's a really good piece.
0: Tasek Envoy of Ghosts. Yeah exciting. I, I can't wait to hear the community's response as we start rolling out these previews starting up, oh my goodness, next week.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> exciting to have oh all stuff coming out.
0: I literally scared myself realizing that my <laughs> previews start next week.
1: <laughs> I mean, it feels like we weren't working it an R&D that long ago. I mean, I realize it's been a year now, but right. you know, it's just so exciting to have these cards finally out in the public. And as far as the Maze Runners go, I mean, these are some of the big faces of the set. We want to make sure there are some good ones in there. And there definitely are, so keep your eye out. I think you'll be seeing some of these at a standard tournament near you. I, I believe so. Agreed.
0: The other thing with Dragon's Maze pre-release is is the the tie-ins with Planeswalker points. I mean, we've had Planeswalker points for now over a year. Players have really come to love it, really adapted to the new play styles. But we've started doing new things. We introduced achievements last year. And this time, we're actually going so far as to give you achievements on a printed card you get at the event so, like, if you participate in the implicit maze part of the pre-release, just by participating, you're going to get an achievement card. That you take this code, go to playstalkerpoints.com, enter that code, and get an achievement for it. And then you get a different achievement if you if you are in the winning guild for your store's pre-release.
2: Yeah. So you definitely want to make sure that you have chosen your guild uh, before Dragon's Maze comes out, so that you can participate for those points.
0: Yeah. Uh, get the achievements, participate. Get the achievements for being in a guild, because just like with Return of Ravnica and Crash, there are guild-based achievements leading through the last, the last set of this block. Yeah. Planeswalkerpoints.com. Grab your guild if you have not yet, and be prepared for the awesomeness that is the Dragon's Maze pre-release. Go Demir. Demir. Who's
2: Simic?
0: Uh, guys, you're you're clearly wrong. Boros is the right choice here. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, at least Tifa has blue in
1: her color combination. Unlike some people, <laughs>
2: I've actually really been enjoying drafting Demir. That's it's fun.
1: Yeah, I was watching you play uh, just the other day, and you had were playing Demir, and it was yeah, Demir Orzov. Yeah,
2: super awesome combination. Orzov.
1: And she was letting you
0: watch, and she's not playing Demir correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. You can find me on Twitter trick MTG.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gavin Verhey
0: V E R H E Y.
2: And at Tifa Mayan.
0: And, of course, if you have questions or emails, don't hesitate to contact us, dailymtgcast at wizards.com. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. But before then, don't forget to go cast your vote for You Make the card. (laughs)